Hi everyone, I'm John C. Morley, the host of the J. Moore Tech Talk Show and Inspirations for Your Life. Hey guys, good evening. It is John C. Morley here, serial entrepreneur. You're tuned into the J. Moore Tech Talk Show, and welcome to the very first Friday. Yes, 9-1-2023 of September. Welcome, everyone. Uh, if you're new here and you are watching the show, uh, we'll go ahead and grab your phone and uh, launch the camera app, point over the QR code, touch it just like that, and you'll get my link tree. If you're not watching us, but you're listening to us like an audio podcast, then be sure to go to BelieveMeAchieve.com for more of my amazing, inspiring creations, including a great story um, that is on there. Lots of great stories, including some good reels, and also um, the interview of a restaurant that makes pizza. Actually, they're a takeout only, and they make pizza... Um, using RPA, or robotic technology. So definitely check that out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know how we roll. Um, we have a great new uh, show every single Friday. Sometimes we have guests, sometimes we don't, but we always have amazing topics. And uh, tonight is, yes, JMR Tech Talk Show Series 2, second year, show 35. Wow, that's, uh, that's pretty amazing. Let's get right into the show, shall we? Great. So, threat actors exploiting unpatched Juniper network devices. What's all this about? Well, there were a series of vulnerabilities in the Juniper network's firewalls and switches that appear to be, uh, let's say, getting exploited in the wild to enable remote code execution with thousands of devices. And um, this is a big problem. So, users of Juniper network's SRX series firewalls and EX series firewalls are being warned to patch four different vulnerabilities affecting the Junos operating system as a matter of urgency after the exploitation was recently detected. So, um, as we know, uh, Juniper did uh, release a statement a while back, and the four vulnerability chains are as follows. Um, there is a CVE 2023-36844, which is a PHP external a variable modification vulnerability in the JWeb Management, a CVE 2023-36845, a second PHP external variable modification vulnerability affecting the Junos OS on both the EX and the SRX series hardware uh, with the same impact as the first. Uh, the third one is a CVE 2023-36846, uh, a missing authentication for critical function vulnerability in Junos OS on the SRX series devices which allows an attacker to cause limited impact um, to the file system integrity by using a specially crafted request that doesn't require an authentication to, yes, upload arbitrary files via JWeb. Yeah. This may also allow chaining to other vulnerabilities. CVE 
2023-368-47 is the second missing authentication for critical function of vulnerability affecting Junos OS on EX series devices with the same impact as the third CVE. So um, a comment recently from Bose said, and I, I want to quote, um, actually he, he made a statement. I quote, the attack chain does not allow for operating system level RCE, but instead RCE in a BSD jail, a paired back environment designed to run a single application. In this instance, the HTTP server, which have their own set of users and a root account limited to the jail environment. This would not, however, make it of any less concern. Close quote. So bottom line, if you have one of these two um, types of Juniper devices, an SRX series firewall or an EX series firewall, uh, make sure you patch them. I think that's uh, the bottom line here. And ladies and gentlemen, MasterCard to end uh, the crypto card partnership with Beyonce. What's this all about? So the payments giant MasterCard is set to end its co-branded crypto card partnership with Beyonce um, with four pilot programs in Argentina, Brazil, uh, Colombia, and uh, Bahrain due to the end of uh, around September 22nd. And this was by a MasterCard spokesperson who confirmed the fintech venture is over. The spokesperson added that this timeline provides cardholders with a wind-down period to convert holdings in their Beyonce wallets and that there is no impact on any other crypto programming. Uh, Beyonce's customer support team wrote on X last week, quote, the product most debit cards has been utilized by Beyonce's users to pay for basic deal expenses, but in this case, the cards are funded with crypto assets. Only a tiny portion of our users Less than 1% of users in the markets mentioned are impacted by this. Users of this product will have until September 21st, 2023, when the card will no longer be available for use, close quote. So the question you might be asking is, why? Why um, is the big question. Why is MasterCard ending their uh, relationship with Beyonce? Um, probably a lot of reasons. Uh, again, it was a co-branded card partnership, and um, now Mastercard has taken another step in the journey, ending its partnership with Beyonce. Uh, I think it just had to do with what she was doing, what she was saying, and you know, a lot of these banks they are very uh, reserved. And if you just step a little bit out of the line, well, they suddenly want to cancel your contract or they suddenly want nothing to do with you. It's very interesting that this happened, but I can't say I'm surprised because we know how Beyonce is and without going there. I feel something just went down the wrong pathway and um, the bank card company said, okay, let's cut our losses and let's just be done with Beyonce. That's my uh, personal thought there. So we'll have to see what happens, but we'll keep uh, on the move with that. So recently, ladies and gentlemen, I did get a letter. Uh, but first of all, media watchdog Ofcon, latest victim of a mass attack of Move It. Now, I got a letter actually from um, one of my banks, and I'm going to read you the letter here. The letter says, uh, we're writing to let you know about a recent global cybersecurity incident involving Move It. 
a file transfer tool owned by Progress Software. The software is used by government agencies, major financial firms, and thousands of companies around the world. This incident resulted in the potential exposure of customer information for any organization using MoveIt. Once we learned of this incident, we immediately installed required security patches and began an investigation to understand the potential exposure of our customers' data. Importantly, no information was obtained from the bank, its internal systems, and our systems were not at risk from the MoveIt incident. Our investigation did, however, determine that certain information at our external service providers was compromised, including some of your information. That information included your name, address, as well as your business checking savings and or money account numbers. While this data was exposed, rest assured no pins, passwords, or other sensitive data was accessed. While we do not believe any changes to your account are necessary at this time, we felt it was important to provide you with the details around this incident and what we're doing to protect your data. We will continue to closely monitor your accounts for potential fraud activity. We partnered with uh, this other company that I mentioned, uh, Sonic, a transunion company to offer you their account credit and web monitoring services for your business for one year at no charge to you. Should you wish to take advantage of this offer, please scan the QR code above. Visit uh, sonticsmb.sontic.com slash the name of the bank, and then they have the code. We're here to help. If you have any questions, give us a call. So I got that from my bank, and uh, it hit other people as well, like we said, uh, Media Watchdog Ofcom. And so um, they haven't confirmed yet that it is a victim of a cyber attack by hackers linked to a notorious Russian ransomware group. They haven't confirmed that yet. Confidential data about some countries regulated by Ofcom and personal information from 412 employees was downloaded during this mass hack. Ouch. A number of firms, including British Airways, the BBC and Boots have been affected by the software breach. Transport from London also told the BBC on Monday it had been affected. The mass hack breach software called Move It, which is designed to move sensitive files such as employee addresses or bank account details securely and is used by companies around the world. Ofcom said it had swiftly alerted all affected companies that it regulates and referred the matter to the data and privacy watchdog the Information uh, Commissioner's Office, ICO, for short. So a limited amount of information about certain companies uh, that they regulate. Some is confidential, along with personal data of 412 Ofcom employees, was downloaded during the attack, as per Ofcom. And it says, quote, We took immediate action to prevent further use of MoveIt service and to implement the recommended security measures. We also swiftly alerted all affected Ofcom regulated companies and we continue to offer support and assistance to our colleagues. So the question is, what's going on? And so this hack uh, that's been going on, the ransom demands, the hack is known as the supply chain attack, and it was first disclosed when U.S. company Progress Software said hackers had found a way to break into its MoveIt transfer tool. A security flaw was exploited by hackers to gain access to a number of companies. Some organizations that do not even use MoveIt are affected because of third-party arrangements. The BBC, for example, has had data from current and past employees stolen because Zealous, a company that uh, the broadcaster uses to process the payroll, used MoveIt and fell victim. So um, this is a big issue, 
And I think it's great that, uh, like my bank and other banks, they're taking responsibility. So kudos uh, to them for doing that. I think, you know, we never can be too secure and we always have to be vigilant and alert to what's going on. That is probably the biggest thing I could tell you. I mean, the fact that I got a letter uh, was pretty cool. I want to share uh, something else with you guys. Um, not related to this, but I, I do want to share it. Um, and I have a special title for this, and I'm going to call it the Telecheck Scam. And you might be saying, John, well, what the heck is that? Hang on. So the Telecheck Scam, here's what happens, and I just want to alert everyone. So what they do is um, they send you a letter. Now, for most of you that don't know this, Telecheck actually changed their logo. Now it says powered by Fiserv and has like an orange logo. And it's not just this little, uh, let's say this little like block like this. It's, it's not just that anymore. Okay. So um, the thing about it was I got this letter uh, basically saying Telecheck electronic check acceptance service. Telecheck offers is located at blah, blah, blah. And then it says regarding your such a set account, doesn't matter. The date, and I pay this company by, um, you know, electronic check. Said the amount, said the record ID, failed the transaction, and the bank number truncated. And it has some number, like some weird number. But this number, last four digits, was not any of my account numbers or credit card numbers. So I was kind of like, what's going on here? And so um, I logged into the account. And I saw the uh, transaction and I saw the amount of money. I said, oh, so maybe it didn't go through. And I look and I'm like, well, wait a minute. It did go through because they shipped it. And I also see that it was taken out of my account. Hmm. So I read on. It says, dear, my name, the above electronic payment transaction you authorized cannot be completed because your banking information was not correctly captured by the payment terminal at the point of sale. As a result, the payee's payment processor, Telecheck Services, LLC, Telecheck, cannot successfully complete the transaction at this time. Telecheck needs your assistance to correct this error in order to complete the transaction. Please call Telecheck at, and they give a number, but the number they give is linked to a scam. When you call the number, it says, hey, thank you for calling Telecheck. The other thing that was very interesting is I called them late at night. It was like 10, 11 o'clock at night. You know what happened? They answered the phone, but when I went through, they said they're closed. I said, well, Telecheck's services never closed for check verification. So that was a little bit of a flag, but it says, we regret any inconvenience this may have caused and appreciate your cooperation in completing your payment. So what they're asking me to do is to basically take a check and mail it to them or to call them, no link, just to call them, and um, to basically um, reprocess the transaction. On the back, they have some garbage on there uh, that they copy from Telecheck. How we protect uh, consumer privacy during debt collection, yada, 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 yada. And the other thing that's interesting is that so Telecheck never uses a P.O. box. No. Telecheck does not use a P.O. box. If we were to Google Telecheck's address, okay, um, you would find out 
that uh, it is not a P.O. box. Okay? It's actually Telecheck um, services are located at 5565 Glen Ridge Connector, uh, Atlanta, Georgia, 30342-4756. And according to this, it tells me to return to Mail Processing Center, P.O. Box, 674, etc., Marietta, Georgia, electronic service requested. So this seems very legitimate because it comes with Telecheck. So when I went to Telecheck's website, because I said it's possible, right? But I, I, something didn't smell right, like when I told you I made the phone call and these things. So if we go to Telecheck's website, okay, this is the thing that was really eye-opening to me. I went to Telecheck's website, and I saw their logo. So the logo looked close, but not exact. Telecheck was actually done in two colors. They had a little, um, like kind of like a, like a check for, you know, how they did their check. Now, when I look at my picture of the check, I just want to show you guys something here. So my picture of the check, I'm not going to show you the whole thing, but just take a look if you would. On this particular thing, you can see right here, can you guys see that that Telecheck doesn't look like a real check? If you go to Telecheck's website, it actually is a real check. So, you know, maybe that wasn't too clear, but then I also noticed it said Telecheck from Fiserv. Hmm. So I called Telecheck, the real Telecheck, not this number. I went to Telecheck's website, and I contacted Telecheck, okay, and put in my bank information. Again, it was Telecheck's phone number, and um, I spoke to a representative, and she said, uh, Mr. Morrow, there's nothing wrong with your account. I'm not sure what happened. I then informed them that there's a fraudster here, and so if you get a letter like this from Telecheck and saying, you know, you haven't paid this transaction... But the thing that was very odd about it is that the company that I purchased from, they had hacked them because they knew the amount of money. You know, it was a small amount of money. They knew the transaction amount, and they just made up that it didn't go through. That's just really bad. So I bring this to your attention because I want you to know that if you get one of these letters in the mail, okay, do not call this number. Call Telecheck. Now, I'm going to give you Telecheck's real phone number. All right? I'm going to give you their real phone number. And you can call them pretty much um, anytime you want. Um, it's 1-800-366-2425. That's 1-800-366-2425. Now, when you look at the top of this electronic uh, let's say, a correspondence of this, this letter they sent me. It says, Telecheck offices located at, okay, and then it has the address, 1600 Terrell Mill Road, okay, southeast. Now, Marietta, Georgia, 30067, fine. They never put in southeast, 
So you might be saying, hey, John, that's 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 doesn't make a big difference. Yes, it does, because it turns out there is a telecheck southeast. And if you put in northeast, OK, that address does not exist. But if you just put in 16 Terrell Mill Road and you don't put northeast in there at all, OK, it comes up with southeast. But the fact that somebody doesn't know that it should be southeast is one red flag. And the other thing is that my bank number was not correct. So when you get these letters, uh, first of all, Telecheck will never call you. You call them usually if you can't get a check to go through or whatever. So here's what was interesting. This Telecheck thing that they sent, originally they sent it to my merchant that I was buying from, and they said that my check didn't go through. So guess what they did? They put a hold on my account for a couple days until they realized that this was bogus. But you know how many people actually will go through and call this number and give their checking account information? Ouch, 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 ouch. Or go to a website. So just be alert for this. I call this the telecheck scam fraud. All right. And uh, let's move on to something else that's pretty interesting. Let's move on to the Guardian uh, who blocks ChatGPT owner OpenAI from trolling its content. Ooh. So the Guardian blocks ChatGPT owner OpenAI from trolling its content. And, um, you know, this is interesting because a lot of people don't want to use or have their data used as training data. I mean, that's really what it's coming down to, ladies and gentlemen. If your data is used as training data, it could show up anywhere. And that could be potentially be a problem, right? That could be a problem. I will tell you that it's up to you to be smart when you get these letters. Okay? It's up to you. And so don't be someone that's just going to just call because they're like, oh my gosh, they're gonna they're gonna come after me, they're gonna they're gonna take you to jail. All these things, they're all bogus things. And they're doing this to scare you. And the funny thing is, when I called this number, okay, when I called this number, and I don't know if we're going to be able to get them on the phone right now, but I'm just going to try uh, right now. Hang on. going to call them. It's kind of cool. You can hear that there. So you press one, okay? Now watch this. So they're only open certain days 
and certain times. But get this. I'm going to call them back. I'll press one. Your call may be recorded for quality or training purposes. Please hold for the next available agent. I'm sorry. You can't do anything when you just press one. That's all you do. So if you want to call the real telecheck, let me let you know what they sound like. They're a lot different. Telecheck Services, Inc. To access your information, please have your routing and account number and a pen and paper available. You may also need to provide your driver's license or social security number. If you have internet access, visit our website, getassistance.telecheck.com. So that sounds a lot different than that little fraudster. Now, I'm still going to probably call these people back because I want to have some fun with them. And I want to get them shut down because I don't think these people um, should be operating. I mean, they're doing something illegal. And I feel bad whenever somebody has their identity stolen or if they have money stolen from them. So this is a real bad, bad, bad thing. Well, like I said, about this uh, whole thing about The Guardian, they're doing it because they don't want to have their data become training data. And ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you know this, but Microsoft retires yes microsoft retires a few different products uh one of the ones that they retire is uh on august 31st i think it's called uh kaizala k-a-i-z-a-l-a -A and so kaizala was um their pre-team software now they have microsoft teams on september 1st which is today uh, they are retiring Microsoft Azure Azure Virtual Machine Classic. Um, and then they just have the regular Microsoft uh, Azure uh, Virtual Machine. So no more classic. It's just a different uh, way that you access things. So it's uh, got libraries built differently without getting too technical. And they're also discontinuing, as of today, Microsoft Scheduler for uh, yeah Microsoft 365. So that allows you to set up appointments and things like that and have somebody make requests when you send them an email. They're removing that. They're saying that in the future they may roll that back with something else, but they are discontinuing uh, the scheduler from Microsoft 365. <laughs> very, very, very interesting. Uh, um, and so I think, you know, there's a lot happening, and I believe that a lot more is going to happen. Like, for example, in February of uh, 2023, February 10th, Visio Services and SharePoint and Microsoft 365 will be discontinued. On March 31st, um, well, we, ha we, had, we, had, uh, um, we actually had February 10th, which that already was discontinued, sorry, and then on March 31st, Microsoft Store for Business Education was discontinued. So it's important to understand the life cycle of software and how and why things are where they are at the current time. So what I like to do on JMore Tech Talk is, besides bringing guests and besides you know giving you great information, is also to make you aware of things that could potentially cause you to uh, become hurt, um, 
uh, incapacitate you in other ways, uh, steal your personal information, personal health information, PI personal information, and make sure you're educated with what is out there. Like I just told you about this scam with Telecheck. I'm probably also going to bring it on my other show, which I have a daily show. I want to let as many people know about this scam because I think this is so serious about what's going on. All right, guys. So let's get on to another good topic. We have so many great topics here. Um, let's talk about this, this really neat topic that I think is starting to uh, get a lot of people excited. And that's the innovative saliva-based glucose sensor to revolutionaries diabetes monitoring. Wow, that, that's pretty cool. And so um, there is a new device that could potentially open doors for more convenient diabetes monitoring. They are currently working on a prototype sensor that measures glucose levels in the saliva. And this could eventually offer a simple, rapid, and painless way for people to monitor their diabetes. Uh, this is according to King uh, Abdullah University of Science and Technology, um, which is K-A-U-S-T, researchers behind the technology. Now, diabetes is a disease that occurs when the body cannot regulate its blood glucose levels. Raised glucose levels can lead to cardiovascular disease and other conditions. So it's vital that people understand and maintain um, their levels if they have diabetes. People with diabetes have traditionally monitored their glucose using other types of devices. And, um, but they've not always been very comfortable. So let's talk a little bit about how this uh, saliva system is going to work. So saliva as an alternative to blood testing. So it's a more convenient way to monitor glucose, and they do it through the saliva, and it's actually connected to uh, the blood glucose levels. Now, it's important to know that glucose concentrations are much lower in saliva than in blood, which makes it difficult to measure accurately without sophisticated laboratory equipment. Now, the Kaos team has created a highly sensitive glucose detector on a thin film transistor, and these small, lightweight, and low-power devices could be suitable for mass production as inexpensive disposable sensors. So let's talk about how the device works. So there's a transistor that contains thin layers of semiconductors, uh, indium oxide, and zinc oxide topped with an enzyme glucose oxidase. When a sample of saliva is placed on the sensor, the specific enzyme oxides, uh, oxidizes, I should say, and any glucose present to the produce D-glucotonin uh, and hydrogen peroxide. Electrical oxidation of the hydrogen peroxide and then producing electrons that even the semiconductor layers. So um, the changes happen by the current flowing through the semiconductors and the size of this effect indicates the glucose concentration within the sample. Now the research tested their device using human saliva samples that had different amounts of glucose added to them and also analyzed saliva from volunteers who had fasted before taking the tests. And the levels of saliva may not correlate with blood glucose immediately after a meal. That's another important thing to know. So they found that the device correctly measured a wide range of glucose levels in less than one minute. Now the sensors um, 
were not, um, let's say, put together with other molecules in the saliva, including sugar derivatives, such as fructose and sucrose, although the sensitivity of the device declined over time and it still offered good performance. So that means that this is going to be a device that's going to have uh, a pretty much a very um, short period before we have our mean time between failures. Um, so it can't probably be used that much, and then it's going to have to be scrapped because it will give invalid information. That is pretty cool. That is really cool. And so when we think about innovation, we think about technology, uh, we think about where things are going, we have to always start with a problem. And then once we have the problem and we know what we want to solve, then we can go from there. We can't just go and solve a problem because we think we know what we want to solve. We have to figure out what it is. Like with the glucose monitoring, we want to be able to detect glucose accurately. And it might be something like, you know, we want to detect glucose accurately um, with three reads a day and then we have to throw it out. Something like that. So I think that's kind of what we're shooting for. It's a benchmark. It's a benchmark that is designed to get people to feel comfortable with what they're doing. All right? That's what it's about, ladies and gentlemen. And um, AI is going to open up a lot of doors for us. We know this. It's going to give us potential to access more information very quickly. And not only that, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to have the potential to give us data that we can analyze. That's pretty cool. That is amazing. I will tell you that when we think about technology and we think about health, a lot of people don't quite understand it. AMI say, John, what do you mean they don't under we don't understand it? Well, we don't understand it because there might be a misconception of what's expected. There might be how can I say? There might be something that looks one way, but it really doesn't look that way. Now, tonight we've talked about some very, very interesting topics. Uh, we started talking now about the, the threats in the Juniper network devices, which, by the way, are used in a lot of enterprise uh, data centers. Uh, we talked about MasterCard ending the crypto card partnership with Beyonce. Uh, move it. How major banks, probably not just my bank, but lots of banks out there, they use this MoveIt software. And, uh, you know, these are things that I like to share with you guys because I feel that when you guys learn about this, you can prevent this from happening. Okay? Um, again, MoveIt is uh, designed by Progress and uh, Progress Software. And they market themselves as saying they're secure, audible, automated, and compliant file transfer on-premise and in the cloud. But 
we always have to realize that there's a potential that somebody could be coming in the back door. Even if we didn't leave it open, somebody else might have left that open. So I always say we have to be monitoring and testing everything. Regardless of whether it's like the Rolls Royce of software, we still got to make sure that it's going to be secure. And if it's not, we got to take steps, okay? Um, they have things like Sitefinity. They have uh, na native chat. And then they have the software called MoveIt. And so MoveIt has been around for a long time. Like I said, a lot of banks use MoveIt. A lot of accountants use MoveIt. Uh, but I think what a lot of people don't understand is that there's still issues. And these issues can happen with any company. The reason I'm going to say this to you is that if we don't have the diligence now to keep staying vigilant, staying on track, and making sure that our software is going to be secure. We have to keep testing our software. We have to keep testing our solutions. I always say don't trust, and you'll never be disappointed. So what do I mean by that? Well, you put something in, and even though you're trusting it's going to work, don't trust it. Go check it. Make sure it's doing what you say it's supposed to do. If it doesn't, then, hey, figure out what's wrong. How many people do you think actually patch their Juniper switches? Not many. They hear, well, you know, this is enterprise uh, stuff, and we shouldn't need to do that. Yeah, I know. And so you think that everything is great, but it may not necessarily be great. And so Progress makes, uh, they make Site Fandy, which is like a, uh, it's like a CMS website. Uh, they make Native Chat. They make uh, Kendo UI. They make uh, Telerik. Um, that's another one of the products that, that, they, that, they, that they make. So they make a lot of things. They make Data Direct, uh, empowering applications with enterprise data uh, to connect. So that's another thing that they, that they do. And uh, they also are known for something called Corticon. And Corticon is decision automation to transform user experiences and streamline operations. But I want to tell you something. If one piece of software has a vulnerability in it, you can bet that their core has a problem. If their core has a problem, guess what? Every piece of software that that company owns has probably a potential, uh, let's say, backdoor in it. You understand? And although, you know, we're hearing a lot about move it and hack that because of what's going on, but I'm sure there's other software that's like this. And... Um, in fact, I remember it was not too long ago. Actually, I think it was just a, uh, a, uh, back in August. There was a credit union member who sued Progress Software over the Move It hack. So Progress Software Corporation failed to protect the personal information of one million members of the Franklin Mint Federal Credit Union. And that was exposed in a cyber attack upon its Move It file transfer app and a new proposed federal class action.
uh, motion is in place. The lawsuit is the latest against progress following the movement attack allegedly carried out by the Klopp Criminal Hacking Group, uh, which resulted in the theft of data from dozens of organizations and government agencies in U.S. and Europe. You might be saying, so who is the Klopp Criminal Group? I knew you were going to ask me that. So the Klopp Criminal Group um, is uh, very known on the dark web, and uh, what they do is they publish victim names on the dark web. The names and company profiles of dozens of victims of global mass hacks have been published by uh, the cybercrime gang, holding their stolen data to ransom. And not too long ago, um, 26 organizations, including banks and universities, had been added to try to pressure victims into paying. U.S. federal bodies have also been targeted. And ransomware gangs like Klopp use their leak sites to name and shame victims into paying by posting company profiles. It's a well concept, but it's really terrible. So once Klopp names companies to its data leak site, the group will start its rounds of negotiations with affected organizations demanding ransom payments in order to avoid their data being breached. Um, very interesting. And um, the hackers will hope that the victim will make contact and set a deadline of how long they have before their data is made public. So not only are they grabbing their data, um, encrypting their data, but they're taking their data and they're making that confidential, that personal information, that personal health information, they're making that public. And when you are a company, chief technology officer, uh, chief financial officer, chief executive officer, um, you have a responsibility to your stakeholders, to your customers. And if something is being breached, you need to take steps. First of all, let everyone know. And you also need to make sure that it is remedied. And if anybody has a problem, then guess what? You've got to reach out and say, you know what? We were hacked or we had this potential issue. And I feel that a lot of this hacking that we see going on, it's not just about money, ladies and gentlemen. They're doing it. To be like, hey, you know, I'm I'm the top guy in the gang. That that's why they're doing it. And so I will say, uh, it's pretty interesting how that how that happens. But this is going on all over the place. I mean, all over the place. And and you might be saying, hey, John, you know, why? Well, they're doing it because they feel that they can shame people into paying. But if you have backups of your data, right? Now let's say that they get your data, all right? First thing, the data, if they get it, the data should be encrypted, number one. It shouldn't just be readable very easily. And I think you've got to do internal audits as well as external audits, penetration testing, and you've got to know who's on your network, who's in your neighborhood, right? You got to know your neighbors. And some of your neighbors are good and some of your neighbors are bad actors. 
And if they're bad actors, well, you got to ban them from your neighborhood. You've got to do this either in a systematic for, uh, fashion or a manual portion. And a lot of people use systematic uh, systems to monitor this and then still get recommendations on what decisions should they make, what action should they take. And see, no one ever wants to do anything until they're in trouble, until their data's lost, until they're, you know, up against a wall. So the question is, how do you not get up against a wall? Will you employ technologies that are going to keep monitoring it and you become proactive rather than reactive? Anyone can be reactive. But taking the time, the money, the resources, and setting up a plan to have a proactive cybersecurity plan is what's needed. And if you do that, you have a better chance of mitigating anything coming in. So as soon as something hits your firewalls or hits your network, like, wait a minute, that doesn't belong here. It's also important to know that if you have contractors working for you, that you keep very tight reins on what somebody has access to for how long if you give somebody a vpn and um, you know they're leaving the office well if they're not logged in so many days deactivate that vpn you don't have to delete the account but deactivate it so nobody can get in i think a lot of people out there just say oh you know he's on a trip or she's on a trip and oh they're good people yeah they're good people until something happens and now they're crunch against the wall. And they're like, well, this is all I got. I guess I, I hate to do this, but I guess I better abuse it because I don't have anything else. And see, this is what's happening. You need to employ technologies that are going to manage your network internally, external, especially the BYOD, bring your own device. And when you have people working from home, are you monitoring what goes on there? If you've got a VPN on their system, are you putting software on there to make sure that their computer doesn't have any viruses? One of the things I do whenever we set up VPNs, I make sure that that system has enterprise antivirus, spyware, malware, ransomware protection on it because, hey, I don't need any other open ends, right? I don't need to build any hidden Trojan horses. You all remember the Trojan horse. Basically, the, the one group um, built this Trojan horse, and then they put the people inside. They saw this gift. They rolled it in, and at night, they suddenly came out of the Trojan horse, and they attacked the kingdom. Pretty amazing, right? Hey, guys, you know, I am John C. Morley, serial entrepreneur. Um, I hope you will take a moment to go out to Believe. That is B-E-L-I-E-V-E, -E -E, me, achieve. Dot com. Uh, go down to the, I think it's the fourth one, Genuine Food Reviews, and you're actually going to see there is something called um, Shorts, which you're going to want to check out. Uh, you're also going to want to check out our playlists beside the Shorts playlist. You're going to want to check out our full interview playlist. And I think that's something that is, is pretty amazing because um, we have an interview uh, GFR, uh, courtesy of Orbital Media, one of the companies I own, tours Pizza HQ in Woodland Park, New Jersey, to discover how they're making their pizzas using RPA, 
robotic process automation technology um, to not only produce something, but scale it. And remember what I said before, you can't scale anything or mass produce anything until you first know how to do it by hand. Then you got to figure out how to automate it. All right, guys, it's been amazing being with you. I hope you guys have a happy, healthy, safe, relaxing, and wonderful Labor Day weekend with you and your family and loved ones. And I'm going to catch you real soon. But in the meantime, check out all my other great content. Uh, there's so much out there that you're definitely going to want to see. And I hope you guys will adhere that if you get either something from Move It or if you get something from Telecheck, don't be a victim. Um, don't give me any information. Call the real Telecheck because it's funny how they go through all this time, effort, money to set up bogus phone numbers. The guy who was on the recording didn't even sound like somebody that was reliable. All right, guys, you have an amazing night. Click on that Believe Me Achieve uh, link. Go to the Key Help Keeper content free and make a choice. Click on it. Buy my team and I a cup of coffee, a bowl of fruit, a scrumptious bowl of desserts. Either way, we'll be grateful for those pennies and dollars. We'll invest them into new hardware, new technology, new equipment, new software, even new facilities to give you the most jaw-dropping motivational content to empower you to have an amazing life. So what are you waiting for, guys? Check out my content and start soaking up all this great knowledge, and I'll see you real soon. Be well, everyone.